Welcome to Risk Never Sleeps, where we meet and get to know the people delivering patient care and protecting patient safety. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet. Welcome to the Risk Never Sleeps podcast, in which we learn about the people protecting patient safety and delivering patient care. I'm Ed Gaudet. I'm the host today, and I am pleased to be joined by Stephen Ramirez, the Chief Information Security and Technology Officer at Renown Health. Stephen, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, welcome to the show. Excited to have you here and learn more about you and your background. So why don't we start there? How did you get into healthcare and technology and security specifically? Give us the short version. Well, both my parents are in the field. My dad's a primary care physician, still mm-hmm. practicing now, and my mom's a respiratory therapist. So quickly when I got into college and realized that I was better at computer science and biology, I think that was my natural track to really see where I can go into things. But my first job was uh, Georgetown Health. So I think that was really the onset of that. Worked with CHI back in 2011, really when they were just building up to where they are now with Comet Spirit and, you know, Mm -hmm. being one of the biggest not-for-profit health systems. Worked with McKesson as well as IBM Watson. So really on what they were doing on the Medicare, Medicaid side of the house, I'm doing security for that. So very differing vantage point. And then started off my official CISO duties at UofL Health and then transitioned over to Renown. So just kind of been dabbling in healthcare, which is very interesting and dynamic. So we know we're part of that critical infrastructure and definitely have our own ways of doing things versus other industries. Right. That's right. Yeah. Very different. And that shared mission is unique to healthcare. What does that mean to you? Well, it's definitely our, everything we do translate back to patient care, supporting our care providers, supporting our community. So our team takes that personal, you know, on what we do on a day-to-day basis, really making sure that, you know, we are supporting our care providers. And I really make sure that I emphasize that, again, we are a support service. So, you know, we're here to say no, of course, when we need to, but, you know, more likely yes, and then seeing how we can kind of mitigate risk. So, you know, really being a champion of the people because they're the ones on the front lines and right. they've been short-staffed across the board since COVID. So just, you know, really trying to be good partners to our clinical teams. Yeah, that's been challenging for everyone. Tell us a little bit about your health system. So Renowned Hill out in the Reno, Nevada area. So beautiful area, great system. We are a hospital system. We have really a plethora of all services. So we're the area trauma center, children's hospital, cancer center. Um, and we also have a recent affiliation with UNR. So it's about Still in its infancy stage is almost going on two years. It was going on right as I started. So really excited for that partnership in our academic research and really as we're transitioning to support our Healthy Nevada project and a lot of the opportunities with the university. So from a security professional, that's awesome because we get to do kind of the things the right way up front versus a lot of older academic medical centers. It's kind of playing catch up. So it's awesome to be able to have that partnership and be able to lay the groundwork. Absolutely. And when you think about the last year and the next 24 months for you, what are your top three priorities that you're working on? Access and third-party risk management. So huh. we've uh, right. being a casino town on what happened down at, with mm-hmm. MGM. So we've really taken a lot of lessons learned on. We're seeing social engineering still the, the way they're getting in. So really making an emphasis on the front door. So, you know, we've got our access provisioning, our service desks, et cetera. A lot of the lessons learned from them. Mm-hmm. And then really Targeting, I know a lot of people, there's a lot of buzzwords on zero trust and, you know, minimally necessary access, but actually operationalizing that. So I think that's where I have the unique role as the CISTO, both the security officer and the technology officer to more influence that. So it's more of my team, security is always at the table. So we're really making sure we're doing a security first, not that we're going to be 100% patch compliant, but again, just making sure that we're there 
you can kind of have those dialogues up front. So that really enables us to have quick action and make sure that we're keeping risk and cyber front and center of a lot of what we're doing. So that's going to be our biggest focus point. And also third-party risk, as I'd mentioned, we saw move it and we've had a lot of those high-profile instances. So mm-hmm. as we continue to see everyone moving to the digital transformation and SaaS-based products, how do we better protect ourselves from not just doing you know, the hunter questionnaires, but you know, real-time monitoring, of, you know, better language to better protect ourselves contractually, et cetera, liability. So looking at that whole spectrum of what we're doing, we're actually looking at implementing the room framework. So it's really a good way to have that holistic um, vantage point and then really helping educate our various partners and critical stakeholders on their part in third-party risk. It's more than just the security assessment. So we really are enjoying our journey um, as we're beginning to do that, to do things the right way, starting with getting our monitoring, real-time monitoring, you know, our, our more meaningful assessments, I like to say. So making sure that we're doing the inventory of what players are doing, working smarter, not harder. And we're actually a recent client of you guys. So I know I'm partnering that. with Fortified Health to do that. So it's like we're really going on, looking what's going on in the market. And it really makes sense with how important this is to outsource that and use a tool that does a lot of that for us. So I know Eric Decker and some other higher profiles, CISO colleagues really speak highly mm-hmm. of the tools. So that's looped us in here. So they didn't tell me I had to say that. I was just coming no, out. No, We're I excited. Did. Yeah, excited on our, to start our journey. I typically don't so bring up Sensinet specifically on these podcasts, but since you did, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but that's front and center yeah, access in that because that's the, yeah. the biggest ways that people are getting in and was out at Becker's this week and mm-hmm. also the emphasis on AD security. So really making an, a focal point on how we're better protecting our active directory. That if you're able to protect that and also recover that quicker, we feel like we'll be farther ahead than a lot of other organizations on that. That's right. And so when you're thinking about your overall strategy for third-party risk, how do you involve the business differently now as you think through automation, bringing in automation and continuous monitoring of those third parties? Well, just making sure they have a seat at the table. So we've made a big emphasis on our review process. So we have a tech, so it's a technical estimation committee. So it's really on any net new technology that comes in. They review that to really see the necessity, the interconnections, et cetera. So that's the perfect focal point, not only for a security assessment, but to look at all these other integrations for the whole ecosystem to that. So, you know, making sure that you're speaking with the business to, to what's going on, but also for really the intake, because these discussions are happening at our president's council to really have an understanding and a pulse on where the organization strategy is. You know, as we've talked about earlier, you know, staffing challenges, we're looking at different opportunities and technologies that can supplement staffing on that opportunities. So when looking at that, just really making sure that we do look at the risk perspective and how we do supplement the business to make sure that those contracts have the right language, that, you know, mm-hmm. we're making sure that we're working with some solid partners that have good security posture, et cetera. So. That's great. And since you've just gone through this process, there are often times we run into peers of yours and others that they struggle with getting the commitment from the clinical side of the house on the process. What advice could you give to them? And specifically, oftentimes the clinician will go off and purchase a system and just say, okay, we've bought this. Go ahead and do a risk assessment on it now. Yeah, that's that age old. It's really on having those strategic partners and supply chain. So, you know, there are a lot of the front door on seeing what is and isn't being purchased. So mm-hmm. that's where you need to educate them on anything technology needs to be routed to us. So it's like when they say it takes the village, it does take it. But also working with your TMO, so our transformational management office and our PMO, 
So it's, they're looking at anything that's strategic wise coming in, obviously with AI being the big buzz saying, mm-hmm. making sure that we have a grasp on all of this and kind of back channeling and relationship building, you know, we're really making sure that they're able to funnel things by you because that's the best time to catch it upfront before you have any contracts signed and all of that. But from a clinical perspective, it's also, I mean, the CISO job has evolved into being part of the business. So mm-hmm. we really take advantage of our GRC, our Governance Risk and Compliance Committee. We have stakeholders from every work stream across the board. And so making them in the loop and third-party risk is so important that we're building our framework for our GRC committee around room that we just think that those different buckets build, building that out because again, as a support service, we need to treat our business the same as, you know, as we're assessing risk. So really having those stakeholders, your chief nursing officer, your chief medical officer, supply chain, legal, really everybody at the table so that you can just have those discussion on what's not only going on in the industry, but where are we going as an organization to make sure that we're mixing in risk mitigation where we mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. So other than access and third-party risk, what else keeps you up at night? Now that I've taken over the technology side, a lot of things, so operational, it's just really everything, like if security wasn't enough. But I think that's a question that a lot of CISOs get. I think that if you just do security one-on-one well, your team puts in their best effort. You're never going to be 100% bulletproof. There's no silver bullet to any specific technology or, or anything like that. So it's really just about trying to do the basics very well and just be prepared. So nothing should really keep you up at night if you're, you know, doing right process, incident response and doing everything like that. Because yeah, I love that. again, yeah. you just got to be resilient as an organization, mm-hmm. just knowing that it's a matter of time when the punch is coming. So just mm-hmm. doing your part to train and train your organization from all the multitude of guys. Remember, and of course, taking advantage of Cyber Awareness Month this month, but of everybody's role in, you know, social engineering, the technology is just a piece to a small piece so, to what we're doing, but even third party was management, access management, you know, really tying that in and educating people to the why, like customizing policy, you know, making sure that we are doing the right thing by the business, it's the business, the bolts as AI and chat GPT and all this stuff come in. If that's something mm-hmm. that makes sense for our business, you know, we're going to adapt and see how we can mitigate risk and or utilize it in a way that does protect our organization. So, you know, really hospitals never sleep. So, you know, we're just making sure that we do put in just good policy and practice to support them so we can get a few hours of sleep every now and then. That's great. And tell us about your training program. So what are you doing for fishing training as well as are you doing a lot of table talk exercises with your teams? So we've actually went to a managed service partner to help us with fishing. So it's so important that we now familiar the onset of people reporting a fish Mm-hmm. to what happens after they do that. So a lot of times it goes to the black hole of you reported it and IT's looking at it. So we took the approach of having a response back to that. So now our managed server, one of our managed service partners actually responds to the email to give an educational word to this is phishing, this is spam, or no, this is a clear message to go through. So we've really seen on having that interaction with the end user really going a long way so they're able to better spot things that they need to do. Also looking at what's going on in the industry. We've seen that QR codes being a huge emerging risk. That right as I was out at Becker's last week, that was something I brought up that we were seeing kind of the early stages of that coming out because it's easier to get through email blocking. You're usually looking for a link or different attachments. So now there's the QR code, you know, method that's kind of going through that and requiring that technology adjusts to start to look at embedded messaging as well. So it's really about just remembering to educate your users. We're not going to ever send you this. We're not going to ask you to buy us gift cards. We're not going to ask you to click on a link about your passwords. 
We're not going to send you QR codes to send this unless it's coming from myself, from, you know, a method that you know is secure, secure and vetted that, you know, to really just be mindful of that. But it's, again, we're seeing spoofing, you know, everybody's doing their due diligence on, mm-hmm. I mean, the threat actors are from doing very, very targeted and almost flawless social engineering at this point. So that's, if anything, keeping me up at night, just the capabilities and how sophisticated they are getting. It's just an ongoing basis that our tools are going to continue to have to evolve because it's just an ongoing battle. Yeah. So it's been a tough couple of years for folks, specifically in healthcare. What are you most proud of personally and professionally? Healthcare in general has come together. So, you know, when I said earlier on that we're very unique, I think that each healthcare system is a very embedded and wants to do the right thing by our patients and our community. Mm -hmm. So really them coming together, doing more with less, but also I'm really, the CISOs, I think are some of that healthcare CISOs are more willing to share lessons learned than anything on that. So just the partnership, friendship, and a lot of what other organizations are willing to share on what they're doing, what's working well, what it isn't. So that's, I've really kind of seen that consortium and partnership and collaboration, you know, with HISAC, 405D, and other methods like that, it's just been, you know, phenomenal on how we're able to give back to one another. So that's really as good as our weakest link. And we know that we're all in this together. So security is all about information sharing. And I've seen that just really, really skyrocket since COVID. I have a lot of different group chats, you know, different memberships. We have Slack and all that with HISAC, you know, mm-hmm. 405D, all of this other stuff. So it's really a great way for, you know, us as a healthcare community to kind of come together and make sure that we're information sharing um, and really trying to stay ahead of the bad guys. So. Excellent. Excellent. So if you could go back in time, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? That is a great question. <laughs> I would probably, my 20-year-old self thought I was going to be an attorney. So oh. I said, good job on not yeah, going to law school and really taking that, yeah. staying the path that I did because it's been awesome. I would have never dreamed that I would have been you know, in cybersecurity when I was going through school. It kind of just happened upon me having a Facebook account and IT risk really coming to the center of the millennial advancement. So it's never a boring day. I know we have a lot of shortages in our industry. So, I mean, if I could go back, I would try to educate others that there's stuff outside of these mainstream jobs and really mm-hmm. the importance of what we do on a day-to-day basis, especially in healthcare cybersecurity. So just to really champion a lot of what we're doing. So that's where, you know, going and doing different speaking events. And if I have an opportunity to speak to students, that it's, this is a very flourishing field. So I don't know that I directly answered that question, but. I'm, no, that's good. No, it's good. Yeah, no, there's no right answer. <laughs> but, yeah. So hardest lesson in your career. Hardest lesson. That there's not necessarily always, don't be scared to fail. So that's mm-hmm. one of my early on mentors and said that you're never going to be advice. perfect. There's yeah. never going to be can't mitigate all risks. So there's always tomorrow too. So mm. we know we need to work hard. It's an ongoing battle, but again, that you need to make sure you take care of yourself and that, you know, you're never going to mitigate all risks. So being, thinking outside of the box, having a strong team that trusts mm. you, trusting your team, and it'll all work itself out. Cause those are the guys you're going to have to work with if there's an event and an incident anyway. So building that trust and collaboration with your team and partners is just paramount. Absolutely. If you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing? Where do you spend your time outside of this job? What's your passion? Well, I uh, am a newer dog dad. So I'd love to <laughs> you know, go on the outdoors, do some hiking, trying to uh-huh. stay up with him. But no, I love what I do. I wanted to originally be a cop or a firefighter. So I guess it's you know, in a way of being able to give back. But I guess if 
I could get better at golf. If anyone has that silver bullet, that would be mm, really um, practice, practice, practice. Goal in life. Oh yeah, yeah. That's practice the only thing that keeps me patience. up at night. That I have a golf trip and we're so busy doing, you know, oh. what we're doing at security that my golf handicap. So I have to tell all all my friends and you know finance and other stuff that I said, yeah, you guys have it easy. You get to play golf all the time. Uh, you know, we have to go keep the lights on. Are you going somewhere in the states or outside of the country? Or we're going to the Dominican Republic oh. in February. So nice. really excited that we have a big group of guys that we go on an nice. annual golf trip. And I lose a lot more balls than anybody. So if anyone that's <laughs> in the ball picking industry and wants to go check around the Dominican in uh, February, that I'm your guy. So. What's the best course you played? Oh, that is... Uh, that you been to Scotland or issue. Ireland? Or? I haven't played. I played at a few like island courses and beach courses, but really love the Cabo courses. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cabo de Sol. So that's... Yeah. Probably one of my favorite on that ocean course. And I would definitely get out to, to Pebble say. Beach. You'll have to play Pebble Beach at some point. Oh, yeah. And I Ocean Reef. So, yeah, got to play oh, that yeah. earlier on in oh, nice. February. That was a cool course as well. So I just love beach courses. Yeah. Played some cool mountain courses as well. But yeah. Excellent. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question because this is the Risk Never Sleeps podcast. Stephen, what's the riskiest thing you've ever done? Oh, man. Um, work <laughs> or personal? It could be anything. <laughs> I'm very risk adverse. So I think that's why I oh. sit into this job really well. I love I, when people I've say that. To... And then they say something like completely crazy. <laughs> I'm usually risk adverse. Well, I've wanted to do like some skydiving. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, the fact that I've made it through football when helmets weren't as advanced as they are now, that I guess that the... contact sports to it's where they are today must be yeah. crazy. What did you play? I've what done. position? I was free safety. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. A lot of head contact, I'm uh, sure, but yeah. Um, okay. So skydiving, are you going to do that or are you just thinking about it? I would love to do something like that. But again, I'm just so yeah. chicken on you know, doing <laughs> a lot of stuff like that. So just like thinking the Ruben Pfeffer in me on, you know, what's risky and what isn't has always kind of been there. Great That's, skydiving in Nevada. There's a lot yeah. of interesting things you can do. Never hiked any crazy uh, terrains or. Oh, I have on that, but it's, yeah, I have. Generally good balance, I guess, at my big five foot ten frame that I'm closer mm -hmm. to the ground. So I've been lucky on on any kind of hiking. I've just started mountain biking. So maybe if you ask me that question in a year, once I graduate up to the difficult <laughs> level of the courses, that yeah. Okay. Any last advice to folks that are thinking about getting into cybersecurity or maybe a couple of years in? Could be it's, um, I mean, technology based just, advice or leadership advice. Don't ever be scared to fail, like I said before, and that's if you're looking for a, just an ever-changing, just exciting field to be in, it's never a boring day in cybersecurity. Like anyone you would talk to, it's never, you always want to be working on strategy and a lot of, you know, how we could be tactical, but it's always like, this happened? And you're like, well, how the heck did that happen? Or, you know, you hear on this news story, I'm like, this happened down at MGM. And you're like, well, are we doing the right thing? So it's yeah. like, you know, it's just continual wash and repeat on making sure that you're keeping the perimeter up and just a very, very exciting and facilitable, especially in the healthcare side, just a great, great field to be in. When the MGM event happened, did you do anything differently or did you, given that it's so close to home, was there anything that... Um... Well, we definitely, not to, being a casino town as well, being in Reno, that we just mm -hmm. used that, that was being the tail end to October for Cyber Awareness Month. So we made our theme dump gamble on cybersecurity. So it's kind of using that as a use case and really the vigilance of what we're doing. So of course, there's a lot of, from what we had seen on social engineering. So making sure that our service desk partners and people with privilege access are doing the right thing. And then looking at ways that you can more verify 
end users. So that's, you know, the ongoing battle on making sure that the user is who they say they are. So just always getting some creative ways on doing that. So. All right. Well, we've been talking to Stephen Ramirez on today from Renown Health. This is Ed Gaudet from the Risk Never Sleeps podcast. And if you're on the front lines protecting patient safety and delivering care, remember to stay vigilant because risk never sleeps. Thanks for listening to Risk Never Sleeps. For the show notes, resources, and more information on how to transform the protection of patient safety, visit us at sensinet.com. That's C-E-N-S-I-N-E-T dot com. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet, and until next time, stay vigilant because risk never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs>